What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Doctrine for Dummies, where we like to discuss practical doctrine for everyday people. We believe that theology should not only be interesting, but should be easy to apply to our lives. If you are looking to dive deeper into your faith and your understanding of the gospel without being bored to death by some old guy, this is definitely the podcast for you. I am truly overjoyed that you've joined us for this episode. Now let's get pumped up for Doctrine for Dummies. Hey, welcome back to Doctrine for Dummies. We are back for another episode. My name is Mike. I am your host, and this is episode number four of Doctrine for Dummies. Man, I am blessed to be here. It has been fun to do this, and so we're back on the every other week grind, and this is our fourth episode, and I just want to say thank you to everyone that is supporting, liking, commenting, sharing, giving reviews online, all that kind of stuff really makes it uh, so that we can kind of get the message out there of what we're just trying to do. And and really, the point of Doctrine for Dummies is to discuss practical doctrine for everyday people, to make it easy to apply to our lives, to make it easy to talk about, uh, to put it in terms that, that we can have discussions about. And it's not this lofty thing that is a little bit too hard to understand. Man, we're already at 35 subscribers on Spotify, which is sick. I'm super grateful. It's been so much fun. So if you could, please continue, like, comment, share, follow. Uh, feedback is even really, really, really um, helpful as well to help us make this better uh, every single time that we drop an episode. And so you can do that on Doctrine for Dummies on Instagram. That's kind of the best way to get a hold of me uh, is to go on Doctrine for Dummies, uh, the Instagram, and just DM me or comment on one of the posts and and I'd love to have a conversation if you have an idea about an episode or, or questions or whatever. I'd love to talk about it. Uh, but today we have um, a topic that has been kind of heavy on my heart for a while. It's, it's been challenging in my spirit for a while, but the title of this uh, talk, the title of this episode is What the Heck Are We Doing? Like seriously, what the heck are we doing as the church. I want to pose this question to start out this episode, and it is, what is the call of the Christ follower? What is the call of the Christ follower? Like when I ask that question, I assume that that quite a few things might come to your mind. A lot of people uh, would give a lot of different answers. Some may say it is to be godly or to be involved in a local church or to pursue holiness or to love others or to be kind or to be in the world but not of the world or like to, to love Jesus, to worship, all of these sorts of things. But I, today I want to talk a little bit about the Great Commission about the Great Commission and how we today ought to kind of get there. How how can we improve as a church? Now, now, this isn't like a holistic, like all of the things that we need to do or the main thing necessarily that we need to do. But this is just something that I've seen in the church over the last few years, over my time as being a Christ follower, that I've been like, man, if we were to do better at this, I'm sure we would do a better job at reaching our communities, reaching our friend groups, and reaching people for 
Jesus. And so I'm going to read Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20, the Great Commission. You probably heard it, but I want to read it and then kind of go from there. It says this in verse 18, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have given or I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. Go out, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey the commandments. And remember this, be sure that I am with you. I would venture to say that most people in church, if if you just attend church, that sort of thing, or, or you kind of just look at a general church culture, most people might venture to say that we are doing a pretty good job of this. You can look around, there's churches on every corner. We have churches that are massive. We have churches kind of blowing up everywhere, new church plants all the time. You could think that we are doing an amazing job here in America at fulfilling the Great Commission. But if I'm being honest, if I look at culture and I look at people's outlook on the church, I would venture to say that we are and probably already have started losing influence in our culture. Like if you were to just go up to a random stranger on the side of the road today, like you're at Fred Meyer, you are in the line at the grocery store and you look at the person behind you and you're just like, yo, what is the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of Christianity or the church? I'm going to venture to say if that person is not a Christ follower, if that person is not a Christian, they are not going to say that the first thing they think of is a loving, united community that is full of kindness, full of joy. I bet you you'll hear something a little bit different. I want to read you a very interesting fact that I uh, read just a couple days ago, um, a statistic um, on young people, even Christian young people. So this is Christian young people. So you can only imagine how the, the general population, people that do not consider them Christ followers may look at the church. It says 52% of Christian young people. So ages, I think it was like 13 to 25, 52% of Christian young people have little to no trust in organized religion. 52% of Christ-following young people have little to no trust in organized religion. One out of every three Christian young person does not or do not think that it is important to be a part of a faith community. So 52% don't trust the church at all. And one out of every three do not find Christian community, faith community, church, or fellowship with other believers as important at all in their lives. You see, I've grieved this stat ever since I've read it, which it's only been two days, but it's with a couple years of kind of grieving the state of the church in the United States. Because what I've noticed in the United States and the church at large, and I've worked in two churches now, and I love both of them. I love the leadership. I love what they're doing for for the gospel in their communities. But what I've seen at the church at large is that we are more divided than ever. 
I read in a book one time, this guy said the most divided or, or segregated time out of the whole entire week is 9 and 11 a.m. on Sunday. That we are the most divided as a country at 9 and 11 on Sunday. And to me, this is a terribly scary thing to think about. Like, no wonder people don't trust the church. No wonder why people uh, or, or why the church is having less of an impact on the world. No wonder why so many young people are leaving the church. No wonder why people look at the church in the general public and they look down upon us at times. Because here's the thing, there's nothing different from the church than the community. We're just as divided as they are over COVID, over masks, over politics. Shoot, just look at the denominations that we have in the Christian community. To the person that has no Christian background, no faith background, they're like, wait, why Why are there so many subsects of this religion? It's so unbelievably divided. And then you think about issues within the church that people divide over, whether it's women in ministry, whether it's the sovereignty of God and his role in salvation, or if it's the way that we do church music. There are so many things that we divide over whether you're a cessationist or you're a continuationist we divide over everything you see it's no wonder why people don't want to be a part of this so-called loving community because we're so divided and to be honest with you at times i don't even blame them like i've heard some horror stories Horror stories of things going on in the church. I've seen some things go on in church that I'm just like, no wonder why people don't want to be a part of this place. We're so unloving. We're so judgmental. We're so divided on issues. You see, I want to read a passage out of uh, John chapter 17. It's Jesus right before he goes to the cross. It's one of his last, uh, or it's a, one of his last times he prays, at least that's recorded um, in scripture. And we see Jesus praying to God before he goes to the cross. And it says this in John chapter 17, verse 20 through 23. Says, I am praying not only for these disciples, so his disciples that he was kind of walking with, right? But also all who will ever believe in me through their message. So that's you and me. Anyone that would call themselves a Christ follower that is a disciple of Jesus, man, this is you. I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one. Just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. If you have any idea of how the Trinity works, like God is one person and there's also three persons. It's kind of a, a mind twister or whatever you want to call it. But they're so united that they're the same person, yet they're all so different. And Christ is saying, man, I want them to be so united just as we are. Different persons, yet the same fully united and intertwined. And the passage continues, and may they be in us so that, so they will be united together and united with, with God, so so close with God, so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. 
I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. So Jesus, before he goes to the cross, is praying for our unity so that people would know and believe he is who he said he is so that they would essentially believe the gospel through our unity. And we're sitting over here dividing over the style of worship on a Sunday morning. Man, don't get me wrong. We need to take the Bible serious. Like we need to take truth serious. We need to not waver on the truth, but on some secondary doctrines. Have you ever considered that you might be wrong? Like, like not to mention that it's not a hill that you should probably be dying on, but sometimes we act like they're essential doctrines that if we, we get it wrong or, or, or we, we, we lose an argument or something like that, like the whole entire church is going to crumble just because, man, we're, we, we don't agree on women in ministry. Man, have you ever taken the time to consider, what if I'm wrong? Man, I've taken an honest look at scripture. There's some passages that, that kind of sound like this is probably the truth. There's some passages that, that sound like this is probably the truth. And, and, and I'm like 99% positive this is right. But are we humble enough as Christ followers to say, man, I might be wrong. Or you have the Calvinist versus the Arminian. Man, those are the two kind of kind of main camps that you can throw a majority of Christians into and we divide over them almost like we're not worshiping the same god as long as like we're not worshiping the same savior like we don't believe that Jesus rose or died and rose again on the third day like man we have the same things in common yet we we differ on how we think it exactly plays out in the mystery of god and we divide over it Man, I've spent some time in both of these camps growing up in, in a lot more charismatic kind of background and then kind of studying in a more Calvinistic background. And these camps, they, they, they seem to at times hate each other. Like you have the Calvinist that looks at the Arminian like, man, they don't have a high view of scripture or they don't even really, man, are they even, are they even Christians? And then you have the Arminians that speak down upon the Calvinist and like, they're just heartless legalists. And it's just like, man, if you actually would take the time to get to know each other, to realize, man, you actually have so much more in common than you think. That some of the hills we're choosing to die on, maybe we shouldn't be choosing to die on. Obviously, there are some hills we should choose to die on, whether it's the authority of Scripture or Jesus being the Messiah or the Trinity or, or that we're all sinners in need of redemption. Like Those are things, Like if we miss those, if we miss the essential doctrines, man, we're, we're, we're tearing down the, the whole entire thing, right? But on these secondary issues, why are we dividing over them? Especially when it's so clear in Scripture that Jesus wants us to be united. That Christ himself 
is seeking to draw people into him through his church, through the way in which they are united as one, is praying before he goes to the cross that we would be so united that souls would be saved, souls would believe that he is who he said he is because of the unity that they see within the body of Christ. But we have a tendency to divide more than we unite on. We have a tendency to divide on more things than we choose to celebrate that we are united on. You see, here's the thing. I've met a ton of people on both sides of a lot of these issues that that we might divide over or argue over within the church. And they hold very, very, very strong viewpoints. And guess what? What I've noticed over time having conversations is that every single one of them's end goal is to glorify God with their lives, with everything they do, whether it's the way that they read scripture, the way that they love their families, they love their community. They're seeking to glorify God with their lives and they're seeking to point people to Jesus. So why do we keep getting caught up in the things that we're different on? Why don't we keep the main thing the main thing? Why don't we just all, because we're seeking to glorify God and we're seeking to point people to Jesus, man, how powerful would the church be in the United States of America or in the world at large if we could put our differences aside, our theological differences that are not essential doctrines and come together under the name of Jesus, under the umbrella of the church, and man, what an impact we would have on our communities. But we're dividing over such minor things. Yeah, it's important that we get Jesus right. Man, it's important that we get the Bible right. But if we can't even be united as a church, why would people want to be a part of our community? In the last episode, I said it's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. Man, if it's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance, man, his people probably should be full of kindness, not division. See, my challenge for you guys this episode is, is really to take a look on the inside. And I've talked about this before, but man, man, pray that prayer. Search my heart, oh God, and point out anything in me that offends you. Anything that I've divided over or, or, or slandered another brother or sister in Christ about just because they differ on a theological issue. And when God reveals those moments to you, when God reveals those things to you, my prayer is that you would repent and you would turn to God. Because Jesus wants to see people come to faith. Jesus wants our unity to be something that is attractive to people. They want to look at the, the body of Christ and see how united in love we are and be like, man, I want to be a part of that community. That's my challenge for you guys this week. I hope that this has been a challenge for you. I got a little pumped up, but that's that's all right. We'll be back in two weeks. Um, until then, please like follow, share this, give me a review, a written review on Apple Podcasts. Other than that, I love you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Until next time, later.